Hello there, and thank you so much for joining us for Market Sense today. I'm Heather Hedgetus with Fidelity. We are kicking off the final month of 2023. So hard to believe that, but a major stock market rally certainly has investors feeling pretty jolly ahead of the holiday season. Stocks just wrapped up their best month of the year. And for a change, we're talking about most segments of the market that have been rallying and not just a few familiar mega cap stocks. The question though, of course, is will the good times last? And in fact, the rally has stalled over the past two days. So to talk about these economic headlines is Urian Timmer, Fidelity's Director of Global Macro. Also, as I said, you know, hard to believe that the end of the year is near and we're all rushing around getting ready for the holidays. And we're also quickly approaching, though, the deadline for 2023 tax moves. That's important to keep in mind as well. So uh, there are a lot of money saving tips that you can take advantage of now before we flip the calendar over to a brand new year. And to walk us through that and the investment conversations that she's having with her team of financial consultants is Leanna Davini, a Massachusetts based branch leader here at Fidelity. A big welcome to both of you. Thank you for being here. I'm Great glad to be here. <laughs> Great to see you both. Great to see you both as well. Happy holidays to you. And uh, just to our viewers quickly, just a reminder, if you're watching us on LinkedIn or YouTube, you can leave a comment for us. If you're watching on the Fidelity website, you can join the Slido poll in order to submit a question or a comment and we do read all of your questions. I also would like to mention before we begin that Fidelity does not give tax or legal advice and nothing we discussed today should be interpreted as tax or legal advice. The information that we are providing today is going to be general in nature. It may not apply to your situation. So if you have legal or tax questions about your specific situation, we encourage you to talk to your tax professional or attorney. All right, and with that, today is Tuesday, December 5th. And as I mentioned off the top, what a month the stock market had in November. I know, Yuri, and you have been calling it a November to remember with bond, with uh, both the S&P 500, rather, and long bonds posting 9% returns, 9%. So, Yuri, and first of all, break down for us, please, what was at the heart of this rally? What will it take to continue? And do you think it will continue? So, indeed, a very remarkable month because the year so far has been marked by very highly dispersed outcomes. So bonds way down, stocks okay, you know, the mega cap growth stocks very strong. Uh, but November was a very inclusive month uh, with the S&P and uh, Treasury bonds both gaining 9% in a single month. I mean, that's really remarkable. It's going to be hard to find any month in the history of the markets where both of those key components of a, of a balanced portfolio did that well. And a lot of this has been a, you know, a relief rally. Uh, obviously, the last few years of this market correction has been all about interest rates and inflation and the Fed, uh, you know, resetting the cost of capital. And it was only maybe five, six weeks ago that the 10-year Treasury yield was knocking on the door of 5%. And we were wondering, you know, how much further the Fed would need to go or how for how how high for how long it would need to stay and what the impact of that uh, will be on the stock market because the stock market cares about interest rates. I mean, it cares more about earnings and economic growth, but interest rate is how we calculate the present value of future cash flows or future earnings. So that rate matters a lot. 
And so uh, the, the bond yield has retreated from 5%. It's actually down to 4.2% in only about five weeks, so a pretty dramatic reset. And the data has come in, you know, in a friendly enough way, both economic data and inflation data, uh, to suggest that the Fed may actually really be done raising rates um, because whatever it's done seems to be working. And so it's a giant sigh of relief. Um, and it comes at a time when seasonally uh, the market tends to be strong. You know, we know we all know about the seasonal pattern of August, September, October tend to be corrective periods. And then you get the Santa rally, you know, into year end. And certainly that uh, seems to be happening so far. Um, last Friday, the market did reach a little bit of a momentum extreme in terms of just the number of companies or stocks uh, reaching very high price momentum. So it's not a surprise that the market's kind of taking a backseat here uh, to consolidate those gains. So you're, you know, one of the big drivers behind the rally has been softening inflation numbers, and a lot's going to hinge on where inflation goes from here, namely, like we've been talking about, whether the Fed has to eventually raise rates again or whether it will start cutting rates in 2024, which the market is pricing in. So, you know, I just keep going, coming back to what consumers are feeling right now, you know, and as I'm holiday shopping, as I'm at the grocery store every week, I'm still feeling the effects of inflation on my, you know, monthly budget. I don't know about you. So I'm curious, what's your take on whether the recent declines in inflation are sustainable and when are we going to really start to feel that that real feel temperature of inflation coming down and your thoughts on if the Fed can execute that elusive soft landing that the market's pricing? And I know that's a lot to ask. Well, you know, it's it's all about the rate of change, right? The market cares about the rate of change. And a year ago in June, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, which is the main measure of inflation, uh, was rising at a 9% rate. I mean, that obviously is very concerning, and the Fed certainly took notice of that. Um, as of last month, it is still rising, but at a 3% rate. And so that's still 3% higher than a year ago, uh, but it's obviously less than 9%. So inflation is still going up, but it's going up less quickly than it was a year ago. And for the CPI, of course, a big chunk of that is oil prices and gasoline prices. So I'm sure people are seeing the difference you know, at, at the pump but maybe less so in where they shop, you know, for certainly for holiday shopping. But, but, the, the, but the, the, the data are moving in the right direction. And, and when we strip out, you know, the more volatile food and energy components of inflation, we see that what we call core inflation is improving as well. It's not improving quite as much, but it is improving. And one of the Fed's favored measures, which is called the core PCE index, is uh, also came out and uh, that also showed improvement. So that's growing now at a three and a half percent clip. It was growing at a 5.6% clip a year ago. So for the Fed, you know, the, the numbers are still above its target, its comfort zone, which is two to two and a half percent, but it's moving in the right direction. And the Fed has done a lot. It has raised rates from zero to five and a half uh, in pretty short order. And so it seems prudent for the Fed to kind of wait here and, and become what we call data dependent. And the data are moving in the right direction. So the inflation data is moving in the right direction, but on the jobs front, which is very important because the Fed is trying to obviously slow the economy in order to reduce inflation, 
but not break the economy because then it's a whole other set of problems. And so, uh, you know, we had this uh, this report come out, which is called the Jolts Report, uh, which shows how many job openings there are. And those those numbers are coming down, which means there are fewer jobs available. Uh, but those were jobs that were available in excess of what people could already take on anyway. And so this is a very uh, important step in the right direction to cool the economy. And, and in a way, you know, the market seems to be betting on what we call a soft landing, which means the Fed can stop raising rates without causing a recession. Um, and this number is a, a step in the right um, direction there, because normally when the Fed tries to tame inflation, it actually you know, has to raise the unemployment rate, which of course is bad for the people who are losing their jobs. In this case, there was such a big gap between job openings and job seekers because of the pandemic and the tight labor markets, et cetera, that right now that gap is shrinking without the unemployment rate actually going up in a meaningful way. So that would be a, a tremendous hat trick if the Fed were able to achieve that. So all of the data over the last you know month or two have been kind of moving in, in that direction uh, to give us maybe some comfort that the Fed truly is done. And then it becomes a question of how quickly will the Fed give back some of these rate hikes, uh, if at all. Nice hockey reference there as we prepare for the winter months. We'll see if they can pull off that hat trick. Okay, Yuri, thank you. So, you know, as I was saying, it's December. It can feel so crazy right now with all the holiday planning. We get it. We know that you probably got a lot on your plate right now. Um, but a little year-end housekeeping could actually help you hang on to more of your hard-earned money as we look ahead now to 2024 already. And so I want to bring Leanna in now. Leanna, I know it's not the most exciting task to talk about, but Walk us through some ways that we can reduce our exposure to future taxes as we get ready for this new year. Sure. So there's quite a few ways that people can lower their taxable income by incorporating some tax smart strategies while still having the goal of staying focused on your long-term goals and objectives. So first, I suggest looking at something called tax loss harvesting. So tax loss harvesting isn't in retirement accounts, so think your brokerage or taxable accounts, but this is when you can offset some realized capital gains with capital losses. So in its simplest explanation, really you're selling an investment or even a portion of your investment that might be underperforming at a loss. You're then taking that loss and you can offset it against taxable gains, so netting your gains and losses together. If you have an abundance of losses too, you can first offset $3,000 of losses against your ordinary income annually. So that's a tax break right there. And then also any excess loss amounts can be carried forward for future tax years. So when you do this tax loss harvesting, uh, many ask, what do you do when you sell the loss? Really, you want to reinvest the money in the market. It's not for something to stay on the sidelines. Uh, So we certainly can partner with you and help there. Um, But with any tax topic, know that there's different rules and regulations, something called wash sale rules, meaning you cannot buy back the same company. But tax loss harvesting is a great strategy in how we can mitigate some significant tax burdens over time. So last thing I'll say on tax loss harvesting, though, many clients will look towards year end. So this does come up a lot in December. But I do want to point out, as you're looking to 2024, you can tax loss harvest 
all year round. It doesn't just have to be December. It's a great way when you're looking at periods of volatility to look at some advantages in your account where you can tax loss harvest and again, potentially save. Okay, great. Good to keep in mind that you don't have to wait till the end of the year to do it. Well, speaking of retirement accounts, you know, a lot of people know that increasing their 401k contributions is another way, Leanna, to lower their taxable income. But I know that there have been some changes, so there are even more benefits being offered next year. Tell us about that. There are. So contributing to tax advantage accounts, so think your 401ks, 403bs, health savings accounts, these are all fantastic ways to lower your taxable income by making those contributions. And when you do that, you're, you're saving for retirement and saving for future medical expenses as well. So it is a win-win. Uh, but starting next year, the IRS just announced that the contribution limit for those accounts in 2024 did go up $500. So they're now $23,000 for those employer-sponsored plans. Uh, people 50 and older, you can also make a catch-up contribution. That's $7,500 for 2023 and will be the same for 2024. You have until the year-end to make those contributions. So for many, December can be year-end bonuses or as you're looking for different gifts and holiday spending, taking a look at what you've contributed so far for this year um, and making sure you can hit those limits if that's possible. And just another thing uh, to speak on that's coming up is Roth conversions. The, so this year might be a great year to do some Roth conversions as there could be new tax rates and, and we know some of the market has gone up. So it's a, it's a great opportunity now where you can convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. All right. That's great news, Leanna. Um, anything else that we should keep in mind as we you know, get ready for a new year? Anything we should do before the ball drops? Sure. So there are a few things. So just to touch on some gifting strategies for year end. So first, um, thinking of your required minimum distribution. So if you're age 72 or 73, um, if you were 72 after December 31st, 2022, so a little confusing, but after last year, and you have an IRA, you could consider making a qualified charitable contribution. So this could potentially reduce the amount of your current and future required minimum distributions you have to take. But you're able to do a direct trans transfer into an eligible charity up to $100,000. So that's just a great way to, again, potentially mitigate some of the tax burden. A second thing that comes up, if you have a college student or planning for, for college costs, you may be able to claim a state tax deduction if you make a contribution into a 529 college savings account and you do that by the end of the year, by December 31st. So um, a lot of them are not deductible on the federal return, but many states do allow a deduction. There's no contribution limits to a 529, uh, but typically you look at the gift tax and, and what that is. So, so for 2023, that's 17,000. So finally, looking at gifts and gift tax, uh, we think about holiday gifts. Many consider gifting to loved ones and doing that by the end of the year. So in 2023, you can gift up to $17,000 um, per person. You're not going to owe income tax on that. And in 2024, that limit goes up to $18,000 um, So that's the largest exclusion amount ever. So some great gifting strategies 
with all of these tax smart type of strategies, uh, this is where financial consultants, I think the financial consultants on my team can help talk you through this and how it works in your overall financial plan. Great job with that, Leanna. Thanks for walking us through those really helpful strategies. By the way, if uh, folks watching this are interested in learning more about maximizing charitable deductions, we actually just talked a little bit more in depth about strategies like donating appreciated stock and bunching charitable contributions on an, a Market Sense episode last month, and you can find that replay on youtube.com slash fidelity. We also just want to remind everybody again, always consult with your tax advisor for your own specific situation before making decisions. You want to, of course, make sure that all decisions coincide with your current circumstances and your long-term strategy. All right, uh, before we go, we like to end the show with something we call Timmer's Take. So Yurian, I know we've got a lot of labor market data coming this week. I assume you'll be watching that. Talk about what, what your, what's on your radar for the week. Yeah, so as we start to close out the year, um, again, it comes down to this balancing act uh, where, you know, the Fed's trying to thread the needle, um, you know, taming the inflation dragon, if you will, without breaking the economy. And so far, the data are moving in the right direction. This Friday, we will get the payroll report or the jobs report. That's always the first Friday of each month. And last month was a good report in that jobs were being added. Of course, that that's a good thing, uh, but not at a at a pace where it would be, you know, too hot in terms of uh, the Fed's goal to bring down inflation. So this Friday, we'll, we'll get some, you know, presumably some more confirmation that hopefully things are moving in that right direction. And then uh, next week, I think it is, uh, the Fed is meeting uh, its December FOMC meeting, and that's one of the big ones. Uh, so the Fed meets almost every month, but every quarter it has a two-day meeting where it updates its summary of economic projections. It really kind of looks at what it expects to happen in the economy, and it will update what we call the dot plot, which is uh, a, a, a chart that shows every FOMC member's expectation of where the Fed funds rate, which is the Fed's policy rate, will be at the end of each of the next three years. Um, and that will be interesting to see, not that they know, not that they have a crystal ball, of course, but it's an interesting snapshot of where the individual Fed members are thinking uh, things will go. And that's important because the market is betting on a soft landing. And so far, that seems to be uh, happening. Uh, but that soft landing hinges on the Fed giving back some of the rate hikes that it that it took, you know, this year and last year, um, and the market is getting increasingly uh, ambitious or optimistic that the Fed will give back quite a few of the rate hikes next year, and that remains very much an open question because, you know, the Fed's at five and a quarter, five and a half, which is about two percentage points above the inflation rate, so that is really restrictive, and so if inflation is dropping and it's heading closer to the Fed's target. Target, then there really is no reason that the Fed should be that restrictive and it should give back some of the rate hikes and go back towards, let's say, 4%. Um, but, you know, that the, the devil is in the details. And, and as long as inflation does remain above that target zone of two to two and a half, the Fed may be inclined to just hold off uh, and not declare victory too soon. So that that's a conversation for next year. But um, a lot of what we'll talk about next year will be about that and about the state of the economy and earnings. But right now, it's the jobs report and next week, the Fed. All right. And we will be 
of course, live next Tuesday at 2 as that FOMC meeting is underway. A big thank you to Urian and Leanna for the discussion today. Fantastic job, as always, to both of you. Uh, and to our viewers, if you're looking for some more tax smart strategies, then this is the time to get out those camera phones that you've probably got right near you handy because we are putting that QR code on your screen right now. And that QR code is going to take you to a webcast called Tax Smart Strategies for 2023 and Beyond, where we discuss tax smart strategies for year-end planning. We'll also look at some long-term financial planning ideas designed to help you keep more of what you earn, which is something we all aim to do, right? So you can also go to fidelity.com slash insight and you will find the tax show on the right. Uh, it's the third one on the list there if you don't have a camera phone. As always, if you have questions about making a financial plan or staying on track, don't hesitate to reach out. You can call us. You can go to our website. Uh, you can download Fidelity's app to learn more about how we can help you. And remember, if you missed any part of the discussion today, don't worry. We always post the replay. You can see it by going to youtube.com slash Fidelity on YouTube or search the words Market Sense on Fidelity.com. A very great discussion today. Uh, I was so uh, grateful to have both of you with me today, Urian and Leanna. On behalf of Urian and Leanna, I'm Heather Hedges. We'll see you back next week, as I said. We are live Tuesdays at 2 Eastern time. Until then, take care. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice. The information herein is general and educational in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Tax laws and regulations are complex and subject to change, which can materially impact investment results. Fidelity cannot guarantee that the information herein is accurate, complete, or timely. Fidelity makes no warranties with regard to such information or results obtained by its use and disclaims any liability arising out of your use of or any tax position taken in reliance on such information. Consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific situation. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Views expressed are as of the date indicated based on the information available at that time and may change based on market and other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. To the extent any investment information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your clients' investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation, directly or indirectly, in connection with the management, distribution, or servicing of these products or services, including Fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification and or asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against loss. Stock markets are volatile and can fluctuate significantly in response to company, industry, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Investing in stock involves risks, including the loss of principal. Foreign markets can be more volatile than U.S. markets due to increased risk of adverse issuer, political, market, or economic developments, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. These risks are particularly significant for investments that focus on a single country or region. Fixed income investments entail interest rate risk. As interest rates rise, bond prices usually fall, the risk of issuer or counterparty default, issuer credit risk, and inflation risk. Foreign securities are subject to interest rate, currency exchange rate, economic, and political risks, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. 
Fidelity Wealth Services provides non-discretionary financial planning and discretionary investment management through one or more portfolio advisory services accounts for a fee. Advisory services offered by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC, FPWA, a registered investment advisor. Discretionary portfolio management services provided by Strategic Advisors, LLC, Strategic Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Brokerage services provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, FBS, and custodial and related services provided by National Financial Services, LLC, NFS. Each a member NYSE, NSIPC, FPWA, FBS, and NFS are Fidelity Investments companies. This information is intended to be educational and is not tailored to the investment needs of any specific investor. Personal and workplace investment products are provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.